US President Joe Biden made a historic visit to Kyiv on Monday. The president, whose commuting habits as a US senator earned him the nickname Amtrak Joe, travelled to the Ukrainian capital by train from Poland. That put our next guest in the hot seat. Alexander Kamishin is chairman of Ukrainian Railways, the state-owned entity that controls most railways in Ukraine. Alexander tweeted earlier this week, I don't actually remember how we got from Putin's idea to take Kyiv in three days to President Biden walking across Kyiv together with my President Zelensky on the 362nd day of the war. And Alexander Kamishin joins us now to tell us the story of what he's dubbed Rail Force One. Welcome, Alexander. Hi, Julian. It's great to speak with you again. Obviously, you've had a busy week. How long did you have to prepare for the challenge of turning a Ukrainian railways train into Rail Force One? It was about a few weeks of the preparation for this mission, but it took us uh, one year to prepare to a mission like that because actually all of our preliminary iron diplomacy journeys were preparing us for this one. Which train was it that became Rail Force One, Alexander? Rail Force Force One, it's not actually about the train itself. It's about all the procedure, all the mission, all the team, all the protocols and all the rest. Could you describe the operation for us? Well, it was a complicated mission with pretty many people involved from Ukrazeliznitsya side, Ukrainian railways from the ministry, from uh, special services, from the embassy. And uh, finally, our joint team worked pretty well and we accomplished the mission. How long was President Biden on a Ukrainian railways train compared to, say, how long he actually spent in the capital of your country? Well, he spent in Ukraine 24 hours, out of them 20 hours on the train and four hours in the city. So 10 hours one-way journey on the train and 10 hours back. Did you have to fit out uh, a train specially to turn it into Rail Force One? Definitely. (laughs) And I imagine there are some parts of that that you can't uh, describe to us, but I suppose the other question that arises is, Which staff were chosen to be the Ukrainian Railways representatives working on the train at the time that the president was in it? Julian, you know that Iron People, as some people call Ukrainian railwaymen and women, are really uh, pretty good in all the job uh, we do. And uh, actually, we got already about 300 official delegations inside Iron Diplomacy program. So our people are pretty well trained now. And uh, definitely we cherry-picked the best for such kind of uh, journeys. And uh, we never had any single leakage, any single trouble with our honourable guests. I saw that before the visit you tweeted to Amtrak asking what tea and coffee the president prefers. Did they get back to you? Not yet. And uh, (laughs) I hope that they are much better in their real service than on the Twitter. (laughs) On Sunday Extra, we are speaking with the chairman of Ukrainian Railways, Alexander Kamishin. Alexander, who's actually in charge of the train when it is Rail Force One, when the United States president is travelling on a Ukrainian railways train? It's always a joint mission, so it's a joint commandment. 
Right. Uh, and I know that you are no stranger to challenges like this and indeed many other challenges because Ukrainian Railways has been so critical to the war effort. But other world leaders and celebrities have shown their support by travelling to Ukraine and many of them have come by train. Could you give us a bit of a roll call of who you've had to accommodate on Ukrainian Railways and perhaps how those challenges compare to the challenge of having the President of the United States States on board. Julian, you know, we respect and we uh, treat properly every single passenger of our railways. Definitely we pay some additional attention to the most honorable guests and uh, definitely Biden was one of them. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you one painful thing. We had to uh, make a significant share of our trains delaying. And finally, about 10% of our trains arrived not on time. Uh. It was a pain for me and for my team because we don't like being out of schedule. But we had to make it because we had to bring the Rail Force One safely and on time. Well, um, I don't profess to be an expert in uh, railway travel, Alexander, but it seemed to me that only a 10% drop in on-time performance when you have the President of the United States on your network, that's a pretty good uh, outcome, although I was impressed that with your characteristic focus and commitment that you did apologise to other commuters for any delays that they might have encountered. We really strive to uh, excel our own performance and uh, on-time performance is part of that and uh, we apologize because we believe uh, it's bad bringing trains not on time. I've read that you've had then UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson on board, is that right? He is a frequent traveler already, he been about four times to Ukraine and we love him on the board and last time he got a nice beanie from us <laughs> and uh, now he's a real stylish guy in London who's our <laughs> beanie. <laughs> Angela Jolie uh, and Bono in the Edge, I read as well. Yep. Well, obviously, uh, you're very busy with dignitaries, but, Alexander, I wonder if you could also give us just a, a bit of a portrait of two things. Firstly, how important Ukrainian Railways is to the current war effort, but also the significance of railways and railway reform in terms of the modernization of Ukraine and the future of Ukraine. Julian, I'm not uh, like I'm not the guy who should assess the importance of railways. I believe that other people should assess it, but we do our best to be the loco in uh, euro integration of Ukraine, the real infrastructural euro integration. Why it's important? Because, you know, Ukrainian economy stands on cargo export, on commodity export. And the more grain and iron ore and metals we bring out, the more sustainable our economy is. That's why it's important for us as the railways to support the country, support the economy. Second point, millions of Ukrainians stay outside of the country. We have to give them proper opportunities, proper options for uh, passenger travel as well. That's why we done about 120 kilometers of new track reconstruction last year, connecting us to European Union. That's uh, connecting to Moldova, Romania and Poland. And we done it during the war. Uh, happy to 
bring more connections with the European Union, and I'm sure that European Union will win with Ukraine joining the EU. And it's interesting from the Australian perspective to know that I understand one of the challenges is the use of different gauges uh, between different parts of Europe. This is something that Australians are familiar with because there was a time when different states in Australia had different gauges. Is that something that Ukraine is looking to uh, deal with as well? Yes, we definitely change the standard gauge and we don't want to have anything in common with Russians and Belarusians. We have to switch to uh, European or standard gauge, as we call it. And finally, that would be the easiest and uh, most uh, reliable way how we can euro integrate. Ukrainian Railways has, I think, around 22,000 kilometres of railway that it's responsible for. Uh, How much of that has been affected by the war in terms of what you currently control, Alexander? We've got 27,000 kilometres of railway lengths, and uh, out of that, about 10% we don't control temporarily. And uh, all in all, we got 12,000 damages of railway infra during this war. So they shell us every single day. Just don't want to be the most boring guy in the party, reporting daily that we've been shelled, we are damaged, and so on. No one cares how much they shell us. We find a way how we can get fixed and get back to operations. And I know that you're very proud of your staff in terms of what they achieve in that regard, because I think they're dealing with the challenge of both human movements, uh, industrial movements as well, and military movements. Could you give us just a little bit of a portrait of what it's been like for your staff during the now more than 12 months of this war? You know, the whole country, the whole world knows now that Ukrainian railway men and women are real iron people. There was no single day when we stopped operations, no matter how heavily they shell us. We didn't cancel any train, any long-haul train during this war. Yes, sometimes when they shell us really heavily, we delay our trains. Sometimes such kind of delays last for a few days. But finally, we always get back to operations, always keep running. And just finally, Alexander, uh, did you get any feedback from the President of the United States about his uh, substantial amount of time with Ukrainian railways? Yep. Uh, He (laughs) liked one tea, one special tea with time. So we called the tea in our application like Biden's tea. So now you can opt to have this tea during your travel, during your journey, and it will be Biden's tea. Actually, my favourite as well. (laughs) Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. I suppose that's a new take on A Cup of Joe. And uh, Alexander, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us once again on Sunday Extra. Thanks for inviting me, Juliana. That's Alexander Komishin, Chair of Ukrainian Railways and the man responsible earlier this week for Rail Force One. And for their remarkable resilience and continuation of transport services in war times, providing a lifeline to millions of displaced citizens and keeping vital aid and supplies flowing through the country, Ukrainian Railways was in January awarded the Rail Champion Award for 2023 by the European Commission President, Ursula von der Leyen, who's also been a passenger on Ukrainian Railways. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.